0: Hello and welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Good morning. Would you take the insert out of your bulletin for I just wanted to kind of stress to you what's going on there. We are trying to refresh and, and improve in a lot of ways and one of the things we've been working on is leadership development and training and Leadership in Christianity is different than in a lot of places, although some have kind of adopted this idea. It's about servant leaders, and we would love for you to participate in one of the trainings. There'll be people at the table in the patio to sign you up. You can look at that insert and um, think about whether or not God would want you to do that. It'll help you serve well and um, kind of maybe figure out what God might want for you next. Would you please open an app or a Bible to Luke chapter 1? Uh, We're going to start at verse 26. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 855. A lot of times during Advent, we'll read longer texts because um, we really like it. All right, I'm going to start at verse 26. In the sixth month... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. This morning, we want to think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and some implications for us as she was expecting Jesus' birth, expecting Christmas, as it were. How many of you um, are the firstborn in your family? You were the first, your mother's first child. Um, And if you're a good Presbyterian, you're not comfortable raising your hand, you just nod. It works. Also works. Um, I'm not. I've had my hand up just to show you, but I'm the baby. Um. Do you think that your mother, if you're one of the firstborn, do you think that your mother understood how difficult it would be to raise a child when, before she had you? Uh, you know, childbirth, diapers, teething, colic, what's the worst of it all? Sleep deprivation. <laughs> Being tired for years. Um, I think there are probably two things that almost everyone underestimates in terms of their difficulty having children and having a spouse. Not in my case, honey. Um, in your case, having me. We have five children. Our first child, Julia, our only daughter, when she was born, we could not believe how irresponsible the hospital was. After a couple of days, they let her take us home, her home with us. We, we'd never had a child. We had no clue what we were doing. This is a picture of Janice and baby Julia. We We were so relieved when a few weeks later, we realized we had been successful in keeping Julia alive. (laughs) Who knew we would figure it out? We eventually had three children under the age of three and a half two of them in diapers, none of them sleeping through the night until they were five. We got up multiple times every night to change diapers, give a drink of water, take a child to the bathroom, comfort somebody who had a nightmare or was sick or was teething. This went on for about five years. Now, I say it was difficult, and I'm pretty sure that it was, but I really don't remember all that much about that five years. We just kind of call that period of life the fog. But was all the sleep deprivation and sacrifice worth it? Absolutely. This is a picture of Julia and Richard at their wedding a few months ago. All the sacrifices were so worth it. What does all this mean for Mary, the mother of Joseph, of Jesus, Mary, the mother of Jesus? Mary was about to have a spouse. Mary was about to have her first child. Look at verse 28, and I hope you'll keep this open as we have this message this morning. And he, that's the angel Archangel Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at, saying, at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now in the Bible, if you've read much of it, almost every time an angel appears, unless they're incognito, the people just fall down blubbering on the ground because they're just terrified because I always have taken it to mean just, they just exude glory and power and this presence that we're just, we're just not ready for yet. But Mary doesn't do that she's not impacted like that instead she's greatly troubled not by the angel's presence but by his message would you be greatly troubled if an archangel said to you greetings O oh favored one the Lord is with you I think I would I mean what I think I would do I go that's really cool wow I'm, I'm favored God's with me this is fantastic But Mary's greatly troubled. Now, now why might that be? And we're going to speculate a little bit today. Um, I think it's reasonable, but why might that be? Well, Mary loved God. She was probably the most devout lover of God in the city or, or village of Nazareth. She was probably the kind of young woman, much like many of the young women we've got here, who paid attention whenever the rabbi would teach. So she would know that God was with Moses and that He was used powerfully to rescue God's people out of slavery in Egypt, but that it was also incredibly hard. He was slandered. He was rebelled against, and at the end of the day, he didn't even get to go into the promised land. She would have known that God was with David the shepherd, who became David the king, but that there were just tons of difficult, difficult years, first as he was being chased all around the countryside by the then king Saul, who was trying to kill him, and then later when his favorite son Absalom, Absalom rebels and creates a civil war and eventually Absalom Absalom dies. She would have known that God was with Abraham. But Abraham was very discouraged for many, many years as God was, from Abraham's point of view, very slow to fulfill his promise to give him an heir, a son, with his wife Sarah. And then when he finally had that son, God told Abraham to sacrifice him only to stop him at the last minute and provide a ram instead for the sacrifice. Mary might have been troubled because she'd been paying attention. And pretty much all of the people God had been especially with in the Scriptures ended up going through lots of difficulties and sacrificing a great deal. Maybe Mary just knew her history well. that God's special servants, uh, if you're going to be one, there's going to be great sacrifices. Now, Mary's just been told that she's going to be the mother of the Son of God and that he's going to reign on the throne of David forever. She's probably stunned. She's trying to work out the implications, but she doesn't respond with enthusiasm. She responds with a concern. How will this be since I am a virgin? Verse 35, The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. So second time, she's told that Jesus will be the son of God. But now she also understands that she's going to become pregnant out of wedlock when she's already betrothed to Joseph. Now in her culture, it's not like today in our culture. In her culture, pregnancy outside of wedlock was considered horrible. It was an honor-based society uh, where people would die for their honor And this would dishonor her and her family. This would mean ridicule and shaming and shunning. It probably would mean for Jesus as a boy that other kids might not play with him or would treat him poorly. And although Joseph does end up marrying her, when she heard this from the archangel, she probably thought Joseph would not marry her. And she would have to raise Jesus as a single mother. And single motherhood is incredibly difficult now. Single mothers and single fathers are are heroes. From the time I was 11, I was raised by a single mom. But it was much, much more difficult back then. It was difficult to even survive. If you were put out of the family for dishonoring the family, then women would often starve unless they became prostitutes. It was that bad. Verse 36 Gabriel the archangel goes on to say, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. We'll come back to that phrase briefly at the end. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, my impression is that Mary is not jumping up and down with excitement. Perhaps that's because she's quickly realized this is going to be really difficult. But she does answer that she is a servant of the Lord, that she is willing, that the Lord is her king, that she is submissive to his authority, willing to do whatever he commands. It's kind of reminiscent of a soldier, a private, who is given a difficult task from a general and says, yes, sir. It's actually going to be much harder than Mary is thinking. Shortly after Jesus was born, an old man named Simeon, full of the Holy Spirit at the temple when they go there with the baby, he will prophesy to Mary about how Jesus is going to bring salvation, not just to the Jewish people, but the whole world, including the Gentiles. But then he will say to her that a sword will pierce her soul. And that happens 33 years years approximately later when she would watch her son be crucified. Incredible agony. We... I don't think any of us can imagine what she would go through because she was especially favored by God. Now when God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, Abraham submitted to God's authority and was willing to sacrifice the person he loved most, realizing that God could raise him again from the dead. God tested Abraham to see if he was willing to make the kind of sacrifice that God the Father was planning to make when Jesus would be sacrificed. But Abraham does not actually have to go through with the sacrifice. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, does. She watches as her son is offered up on a cross as a sacrifice for sins. Mary's sacrifice, God the Father's sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice, they're all necessary for Jesus to make salvation available to everyone so that anyone who is willing, no matter how bad they've been, can receive a full pardon from God for their sins and be welcomed into his family. And if you've never done that, you can do that today. You might want to be thinking about that before communion. Now, of course, we're grateful to Mary for her sacrifice. But is there a lesson here for us? Are there any principles here? Yeah, we're going to look at three of them. Love will require you to give away some things that are dear to you. Just like Abraham, just like Mary, just like all the apostles who... Except for John, as far as we know, died for their faith. God gave them tasks that required sacrificial love. Jesus is the greatest example of a life of sacrificial love. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you will be called to a life of sacrificial love. And just like the sacrifices people have to make their marriage do, make to make their marriage work, just like sacrifices people have to raise have to make to raise children. Eventually, followers of Jesus are very glad they made those sacrifices. Now for some, we can say now wholeheartedly like we can with Julia, it was worth all the sacrifice, she's married, she's doing great. But not just the sacrifices about family or spouses, but also the sacrifices that have resulted in people in our lives becoming followers of Jesus. Those sacrifices... Now, it's not yet true for everyone that we feel like the sacrifices have been worth it. Not yet true for everyone. Some of you have been betrayed by a spouse. Some of you have children in whom you're deeply disappointed or you're deeply hurt. But eventually, at the day of judgment, all followers of Jesus will understand the promise of Romans eight twenty-eight. All of us will see that everything worked for our good, especially the really difficult, painful things. And we are promised in 1 Corinthians 13, then I will understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So for now, if we don't see yet how it's worth it, we trust God. And we know that we will see worthwhile results later. You see, after her son was crucified, Mary was in that situation. All the sacrifice, all the pain, running to Egypt, back, avoiding the, the, the authorities, raising Jesus, losing him at the temple, Once he died, it was like, what was that all for? But then on Sunday, Jesus rose again from the dead. And Mary said, hallelujah. It was all overwhelmingly worth it. If you're a follower of Jesus, all of your loving sacrifices will be too. And this is the second principle. You may get to see it in this life and rejoice now. You may have to wait until the next life and take it on faith, but you will rejoice and you will see that all of your loving sacrifices were overwhelmingly worthwhile. So, how can we know which loving sacrifices God wants us to make? There's so many you could make. The Archangel Gabriel was very clear to Mary what God wanted her to do. What about us? Are we supposed to show sacrificial love at home? Absolutely. Are we supposed to show sacrificial love at school? Yeah or in where we work, or in our neighborhood, of course. But God has already told us in generic terms what we are to do. Jesus said it like this, Love your neighbor as yourself, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So the third principle is that all followers of Jesus have received their marching orders to lovingly make disciples. How do we do that? Through sacrificial love. Now in some places in the world, followers of Jesus are still actually experiencing what Mary experienced in losing their children because they're Christians. And I'm, you know, we can all remember back a, a couple years when um, parents saw the beheadings of their Christian young men by ISIS. Now here on the Monterey Peninsula, sacrificial love is primarily about sacrificing, giving some of our time to people in our lives, to neighbors, to colleagues, to fellow students, to loved ones, even to strangers, where we live a life of sacrificial love, we give more of our time to love them, to serve them, to pray for them, to listen to them is sometimes the best way to love them, to spend time with them eventually to share with them what Jesus is doing in our lives. See, Mary's sacrifice, it helped to save the world. Your sacrifices will help to save part of the world, this part here where we live. But you're called to live a life of sacrificial love. And for most of us, that means we'll give up some of our time. Now, you can do this in baby steps. One, a fantastic example that Abby mentioned was last Friday night. How many of you were here Friday night? Okay, were, those of you who weren't, it was, it was a blast, as Abby said. And we, we, you know, kids came and they experienced this snow machine and tons of cookies. You know, One mother told me her kid had 20 cookies. Um, I was once a kid. That would, that would really build good bonds between me and a church, okay? <laughs> snow machine and all the cookies I can eat. You know, some of the people that came into this sanctuary and heard the fantastic ensemble and the choir leading them in Christmas carols, they may have kind of been estranged from God for some time and they experienced something from their childhood that was just nostalgic and probably breaking down some of the barriers between them and God. Some of the people, it wasn't any of that, but they just kind of wandered in and they had some sausages and, and uh, apple, warm apple juice and, and just had people love them and care for them and it breaks down barriers that people have in our community against us. It's a wonderful thing, it's a very easy thing to just come and and volunteer for a while. Now, I'm sure that some of the people that did that, they would have preferred to go home and rest, but they sacrificed and came. It's an easy thing that we do one step at a time. I hope you'll plan on it next week if you weren't there this time. See, in our area, outreach is usually a long process. I was talking to someone between uh, services who his home country is a place where it, it, people very freely come to Jesus often. I mean, it's not like very seldom, and he talks to them about that. Um, but here it's a long process, and it will take a lot of sacrificial love. We have to each individually develop the habit of regularly praying for two or three people in this area that are not yet followers of Jesus. We, we need to look for ways to serve them and just love them and spend time with them. We also, as a church, want all of our ministries to be trying to figure out ways that each one can be more engaging, more inviting, more welcoming to people who aren't yet followers of Jesus. Now, is God ultimately going to ask you to make bigger sacrifices than give up a few hours a week? Yes. Do we get to know how much we will be sacrificing when we agree to follow Jesus? When Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. When she says the equivalent of yes, sir, she does not yet know how much she's going to have to sacrifice. We never do, but it's always worth it, even when we can't figure out how it's worth it yet. Jesus is saying to all of us, make disciples, which in part means give some extra time to the people around you who are not yet followers of Jesus. Most churchgoers in America won't do that. Will you? Will you say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, realizing there is always more sacrifice than you are thinking of at the moment when you say, yes, sir. Now, Gabriel says that phrase that I said we'd be coming back to. He says, nothing is impossible for God. Now, most of us have a loved one who lives far away that is not yet a follower of Jesus. I want you just to picture someone like that in your life. Not all of them, just one of them. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's uh, just someone that you love that lives far away, that you don't see that much. And when it comes to becoming a follower of Jesus, we may have relegated that person to the almost impossible category. We'll keep loving them, keep praying for them, but also pray that God will put a winsome, faithful, loving ambassador of his in their life. And then you be a winsome, faithful, loving ambassador in the lives of some people here because the chances are someone who loves them and lives far away is praying for them. And you can be an answer to their prayer and they can be an answer to yours. And that impossible person you love may have the miracle happen in their heart of falling in love with Jesus. Self-sacrificing, unconditional love. I think Mary recognized that she was being called to a life of sacrificial love, and she didn't know what it was going to entail. It was God's invitation to a heroic, noble life that would help save the world, literally, where every sacrifice is overwhelmingly worthwhile, and he's giving you the same invitation. Will you say yes? And now, some parting words from Pastor Rick. This week, as I hope you think a little bit about Mary and the sacrificial love she showed to all of us, ask God, who are two or three people that are in your life that He wants you to be showing sacrificial love to and praying for and encouraging and serving? This is a wonderful season, and it's a time when people often go back to their roots. So be praying for them, invite them, encourage them, spend some time with them. Now may you be filled with all the power of the Spirit. May God go before you and give you favor in all that you do, but especially as you go as His ambassador to people who need them more than they possibly could imagine. God bless you. Go in the power of the Spirit. Go in peace. Amen.